We are still in a series called The List, which refers to a list of ways that you can lose your marriage. Now, this list was based on information gained from over 20 years of counseling records and 20 years of unfortunately watching marriages fail. And today, we're going to be looking at anger. Welcome to the Quick Counsel Podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, pastoral counselor, Brett Legg. Letting your anger have its way is a sure way to lose your marriage because anger can be caustic to a marriage at best and dismantling to a marriage at worst. So the question is, is it wrong to be angry? Well, anger in and of itself is not the problem. Now, many religious people feel like it's wrong to be angry, but anger is a normal and natural emotion. It's an emotion that everyone will experience. We're even told in the Bible that God even experiences anger. It says in 1 Kings 11.9, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord. So the problem is not the anger, but rather the way we choose to deal with our anger. And that principle is also found in two New Testament scriptures. One in Ephesians 4.26 that says, Be angry and sin not. And another in James 1.19 that says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And again, experiencing anger is not the problem. Handling it poorly is. And we handle anger poorly in the ways we talk about it and the ways we express it. So let's look at the ways we talk about anger. Because we're often taught that anger is bad or wrong, we tend to use words that minimize our anger and make it more palatable. Instead of coming right out and saying, I'm angry, we say things like, I'm peeved, or I'm miffed, or I'm just a little frustrated, or yeah, I'm aggravated. Now, these sound kinder, but they short-sell and misinterpret what we're really feeling. To the listener, these words make it sound less important than what it really is. But we also mishandle anger by the way we express it. People express anger in a variety of ways. Oftentimes, the way people express anger is either the way they saw it expressed when they're growing up, or it's in direct opposition to the way they saw it when they were growing up. So let me give you some general ways in which people poorly express their anger. One, they keep it to themselves. These are the people who are angry, but they try to go on and act as if they're not angry, as if they're okay. Maybe they were led to believe that anger was wrong or bad. Maybe they're afraid of hurting someone's feelings, and maybe they just don't like confrontation. But whatever the reason, they try to keep their anger underground. And the problem with this approach is that the anger still leaks out in their body language, their tone of voice, their withdrawal. Now, a second way that people try to poorly handle anger is through sarcasm. These are the people who veil their anger in sarcastic tone or sarcastic comments. They may pass it off as humor, but it's actually a backdoor approach to expressing anger. It's a form of verbally throwing darts at someone in a kind of a hit-and-run fashion. The problem with this approach is that it's disrespectful, and it tends to make the anger worse for both people. A third way that people poorly handle anger is they become passive-aggressive. These are the people who say one thing, but they do another. They say they're fine, but they act in ways that show they're not. They may say it's all right for you to go out with your friends, but then they come up with all kinds of ways to sabotage that. They may say they're perfectly fine with your decision, but then they continue to point out all the reasons why your approach won't work. 
The problem with this approach, this passive-aggressive approach, is that it doesn't resolve the anger and it keeps the other person stuck in a darned-if-you-do, darned-if-you-don't position. Another way that people poorly express anger is that they go off like a grenade and then say, I'm fine. These are the people who go off with little warning, hurting everyone in their vicinity. And once they're done, they feel better because they've released the emotional pressure that had built up in them. It's like someone pulling the pin on a grenade and then leaving the room. The problem is with this approach that the person who pulled the pin on the grenade may feel better, but they've left everyone else riddled with shrapnel and they're not okay. And a final way that people poorly handle anger is they erupt like a volcano and then they just continue to spew. These are the people who are continually, constantly angry. Like a volcano, their anger is always rumbling, ever-present below the surface. And you never know when they're going to blow. And when they do, the only option for people is to flee the destruction. The problem with this approach is, just like a volcano, their angry eruptions forever change the landscape of the marriage and can cause their spouse to have no other choice but to flee. So again, those are ways that you can poorly handle your anger. But now, let's talk about handling anger properly. Know this, anger will not go away by itself. And if you try to ignore it, it will still have its way, one way or another. You'll either handle your anger poorly or properly. You'll either deal with your anger or your anger will deal with you. So let's look at some ways you can intentionally and effectively handle your anger. It starts with this. You have to recognize it. The first step to properly handling your anger is being willing to recognize that it's there. Now, you may be a person who knows when you're angry, but more often than not, people have ignored their anger for so long, they don't recognize it anymore. I've had people in my counseling office who were telling me some story that was obviously making them angry. I mean, I could see their face turning red, and I could see their knuckles white as they gripped the chair, and and I could see their jaw clenched. But when I asked them what they were feeling, they said, what, nothing. Pay attention to the warning signs. Watch for things like tensing up, quick and shallow breathing, your face feeling flushed, clenching your fist or clenching your jaws, or, or anything else that might signal that you're angry. If you're not good at recognizing when you're angry, then rely on others to point that out to you until you do become better at recognizing it. Once you've recognized your anger, then you must have the humility to own it. It's so easy to try to pass our anger off and make others responsible for it. This sounds like, well, I wouldn't be angry if you hadn't done that. It's also easy for us to deflect attention from our anger by pointing out the other person's anger. That sounds like, well, you've got some nerve pointing out my anger. Look at all the other times you've been angry. If you want to handle your anger properly, then you must be humble enough to own it as your own problem. Next, once you've owned your anger, then you need to figure out the real root reason for your anger. It's very easy just to trace our anger back to the current circumstance and believe that's what triggered our anger. But you need to go deeper than that. Has your anger been building for a while? If so, when did it start? Does what makes you angry remind you of something or someone else? Does it go back to your childhood? I know these are hard questions that are not easy to answer, so you may need to enlist some help to get to the bottom of things. Sometimes it takes a friend, a pastor, or a counselor to help you get underneath that and find out where things are really coming from. But someone once told me, when you look underneath anger, you'll usually find hurt. So look for the deep hurt. And then finally, once you've understood it, 
Once you understand what's really driving your anger, then you are ready to replace the anger. You do that by replacing the thoughts that fuel the anger or replacing the behaviors that allow the anger to fester or get worse. Again, this may take some help from a good friend or a good pastor or a good counselor. But if you don't replace the old thoughts and the old behaviors with something different, you'll be stuck with your anger. All right, now a final thought. Marriage is supposed to be a place where spouses enjoy safety and security, but unchecked anger in a marriage erodes and destroys that safety and security. That's why anger is so caustic in a marriage. Letting anger have its way can destroy a marriage relationship and can cause you to lose your marriage. And that's why it's on the list. Hey, I'm glad you joined us today. I hope this was helpful for you, and and I hope you'll share it with someone else it might be helpful for. If you want to hear more from me, you can always find me at brettleg.com, one T and two Gs, or you can always follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you'll come back and join us again for the next Quick Counsel. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.